All right. I just have to let you guys know that God is awesome. I've had quite the week, pretty tough. And at the end of it all, God is awesome. God is amazing. He is faithful. He is always good no matter what we go through. So when our little world feels like it's falling apart, like things are not going as we planned, God is still on the throne. He is good. He is loving. And I just want to uh, give you guys a little reminder. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the heaven, to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. So when times are hard, you have to count your blessings. Amen. So I have a healthy little baby boy who's going to be three months. I have an awesome, godly husband and an amazing church filled with awesome friends, great leaders, and accountability partners, guys. So let's worship the Lord. Let's close our eyes and pray. Heavenly Father, we just welcome you here today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you have your way. We give you um, your way today, Jesus. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. This is what we're going to do. It's the first Sunday of the month of the new year. I'm going to invite some people up to the front. Come on. Just think about this place as your place to worship God. We're going to have a lot of fun in this time of worship. So come on up. Leave your seats. Invite your neighbors. Amen. Here we go. We'll see it out. We're giving it all away, away. We're giving it all to go away. Go sing it. We're giving it all away, away. We're giving it all to go away. Go sing in the Father. In the Father, there is freedom. There is hope in the name that is Jesus. Lay your life down and give it all now. We are found in the love of the Savior. We've come alive in you. We're set free to show the truth. And our lives will never be the same. We'll sing it. We're giving it all away. away. We're giving it all to go away. We're giving it all away. away. We're giving it all to go away. In the way we're singing. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, sing. We are sold out. We are sold out to your calling. Everything that we are, don't tell them. We we'll take our hearts now and have it all now. We are alive, we'll sing it. We've come alive in you. We're set free, so true. And our lives will never be the same. We're giving it all. We'll sing. We're giving it all to go away. We're giving, we're giving it all away, away. We're giving it all to go away. In the way we're singing. 
go, sing ole, here we go. And ole, 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 dole, dole, ole, 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 ole. Come on, let me hear you sing it out, ole. Here we go. And ole, come on, sing it out. Sing, roll back. Roll back the curtains from my eyes. So now we can see you. Show us your way to your life. We'll sing, we offer. We offer lives to bring you faith. We're caught in your freedom. We're caught in your freedom. We're giving it all. We're giving it all to go your way. Oh, we're giving it all away. We're giving it all to go your way. And the way we're singing. Here we go. And ole, 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 ole. Come on, let me hear you sing it out. Say it. Ole, 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 ole. Come on, let me hear you. Ole, ole, come roll back. Roll back the curtains from my lies. And now we can see you show us your way to friend life. Whoa, we offer lives. Come on, give them your life. Oh, we're caught in your freedom. Caught in your freedom. Every voice, we're giving it all away. away. Come lift your hands. Giving it all to go. Right now, we give you our lives, Lord. Come on, sing it. Away, away. We're giving it all to go your way. Come on, sing it out. We're giving it all. We're giving it all to go. Come on, would you just surrender your life? Giving it all, we lay it down for you, Lord. We're giving it all to go your way and the way we're singing. Oh, come on, just praise Him right now. We give you our lives, Lord. We surrender to you. We surrender to you. You can have it all, yes, Lord. You can have it all, yeah. Jesus. You can have it all, oh, Lord. You can have it all.
we welcome in this place. Let every heart adore, let every soul awake. Almighty God of love, we welcome in this. We welcome you. Come on, fill this place with your praise. To you hearts are open, nothing here is hidden in you, are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, that's your fire for. We'll sing again to you. And to you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden in you. You are desire, Lord. You alone. Say you alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. Let it fall. Let it fall, Lord. Come on, let it fall in this place. Lift your hands, oh, let it fall down on us, God. Let your glory fill this place. Oh, let your presence consume our lives. Jesus, come on and shout it out. Oh, Lord. We welcome you with praise. We welcome Church, sing it out in voice. Come on, in attitude of prayer. God, it's our desire that your Holy Spirit would move upon our hearts, God. We so desire, God, for you to come and speak to us, for you to change us, God. We don't want to walk into a service, God, and encounter your presence and leave the same. Come on. If you want the Lord to change, if you want him to fill you up right now, come on. With that attitude of prayer and as a sign of surrender, come on. Would you just lift your hands? Come on. If you need to fall to your knees, whatever you need to do, we're surrendering right now. God, I don't want to come into your presence and not change. Holy Spirit, come and change us right now. We offer you our lives. We offer you this time to you to have your way. Come and speak to us, oh God. Mold us, change us. You're the potter and we're the clay. Come on. You're the potter and you're, we're the clay, God. Come on and mold us into Jesus. Mold us into your likeness, Lord. Whoa, we do. 
change us to be like you, to be like you, to be like you, to be like you. Come and change us, Lord, to be like you, to be like you, everyone. Come and change us, Lord, to be like you, to be like you. Come and change us, Lord, to be like you, to be like you, to be like you. Come and change us, Lord. praise you in this place. God, come speak to your people, God. God, we want your will in this place. Come on, right now, as we just listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, right now, would you just let him minister to you right now? We believe in the gifts of the Spirit here at this church. We believe that God can use people to speak out words, whether words of encouragement for his church. Come on. We believe in this place. Come speak to us, O oh Lord. Just having church, come on. We want your glory, we want your presence, God, to fill this time. Come on, just begin to sing in the spirit. So na na ma se na na ma so, o na na ma se na na ma so na na ma se katara ba so. Oh, there's power, there's power in your name. So na na ma se, o na na ma se katara ba so, o na na ma se, o rababa so, o na na ma se. 
namaste, na namaste, oh na namaste, Jesus, oh Lord. We high lift it up, we high lift it up, Lord. Come on and bless His name. We high lift it up, we high lift it up, oh. We high lift it up, Lord. Be exalted, God. This is your house. We are your people. Oh, we high lift it up. We high lift it up. We high lift it up. Come on and praise Him with your words. Fill this place with your words. Be high and lifted up. Oh, for our families, God. For this city. Be high and lifted up. Be high and lifted up. You're worthy of it all. And you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. And for from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Sing you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. And for from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Come on, lift your voice. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. We'll sing it again. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you 
on the cross, giving his body to be broken and his blood to be spilt for our sins, for our transgressions, our wrongdoing. I'm going to read from Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood, the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you the truth, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So we see what Jesus did. Intimate time with his disciples, seated around the table with Jesus. Can you imagine? And this time, that's, that's where your heart is at. This is not religious lip service. All right, I don't know what you're used to in other places you're, 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 when you did it before. But this is communion. You're going to be with Jesus right now. Get your heart right with God. As our ushers prepare to give you the elements of communion. We're going to hand out these cups. They have the, the juice, the grape juice, representing the blood of Christ. There's going to be a wafer that represents the body. Our rushers are going to hand these out to you all, and you're going to be able to take this right where you're at. You could take it with your family. You could take it by yourself. But make sure this is a time unto the Lord. And as they do that, something struck me. They sung a hymn. Can you imagine Jesus singing a hymn to the Father? 
Who knows what song they may have sung? Maybe one of the, the Psalms from the Old Testament. But it was around Passover time, so my guess is they sung about how God delivered his people out of Egypt. Has anybody been delivered of something? So when we take this communion, someone can bring me one. We want to take this together as a big family, amen? Open it up, take this wafer, the body of Christ broken for us all. says the punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds we are healed he did it for you friend so as we take this let's take it as a church and remember Jesus does everybody have it amen let's take the wafer representing the body of Christ and we take the we take the grape juice representing the blood. He says, this is my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. He said, it signifies a new covenant, God and his people together in a new way of, uh, a, a new way that God would forgive people and bring them to himself. Jesus' blood covers your sins, can cleanse your conscience, and give you a new life like nothing else can. Let's take the blood, the, the juice representing the blood. Let's do this as a church. Now we want to do what Jesus did, having taken that, having remembered the cross, the blood, and the suffering of Christ for our wholeness and for our peace. We want to do what Jesus and his disciples did. If you can get that hymn, Amazing Love. We want to sing to the Lord and remember what he's done for us. Thank you, Lord. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken and I'm accepted you were condemned and I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again oh, sing it again I'm forgiven I'm forgiven because you are forsaken. I'm accepted. I'm accepted. You were condemned. And I'm alive and well. The Spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Every voice. Amazing love, how can it be? You, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, and I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you. We'll see it again, amazing. Amazing love, and how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? 
that if we could get those little ones that are with us, the five to ten-year-old kids, they're, they're going to go to uh, to the to the king's kids. They're going to have Sunday school now, so um, they're going to be escorted out. We could get all the little ones over there by Griselda, by the sound booth, and they're going to have a lot of fun over there. Amen? This morning I had a word on my heart. That word is graceless. What is man apart from God? Graceless. You see on the screen Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. And and you can open there in your Bibles. And it talks about the condition of a man apart from God. And it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or a lawyer. It doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account. It doesn't matter how successful or how many people affirm you. The Bible says that this is the natural man. This is what you are. This is your condition spiritually and you're standing before God. And hear what it says. As for you, you were dead in your sins and transgressions in which we used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at work and those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Man apart from God, dead in his transgressions. When it says the spirit of the air, it refers to Satan. We were slaves to Satan. Some of you still are. Let's be real. This is what the Bible says. Disobedient to God, rebellious. And we don't believe in evolution, but we live like animals following our animal cravings for sex and food and pleasure and everything else without restraint. And we were objects of God's wrath by our nature. 
this is a graceless man. And what does a graceless man need? He doesn't need a new pair of shoes. He doesn't need a makeover. He doesn't need a college degree. He doesn't need an after-school program. He doesn't need a handout. He doesn't even need a hand up. He doesn't need 12 steps. What does he need? A graceless man needs the God of grace. We read on in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. God is a God of grace. He shows grace to graceless, sinful people. He has rich mercy for them and incomparable kindness. He takes, the, the Bible says in the King James Version in one place, that he takes the beggar from a dunghill and seats him with princes. Wherever you're at today, whatever you did last night, you can be seated with Christ, the Prince of Peace. You can have a place with God the Father because He is a God of grace. I would like you all to stand up. I'm going to pray that God will do something in your heart through this message and in the the course of our service. We have Griselda and David over here. When we have a time of fellowship in a few, we're gonna, you'll have the opportunity to pray with them. If you want to receive Jesus, if you want to receive God's grace, if you understand that you are graceless, you can, they'll pray with you and they'll help you find God. If you want to be a disciple and follow Jesus wholeheartedly, they'll plug you in also. But I want to pray and we're going we're gonna, to uh, recite our confession of faith. Father, thank you for your grace. Completely undeserved. We could not do one thing to merit it. We don't get saved on our own terms. But God, you pour out your grace. You pour out your kindness. God, that even screw-ups like me can have a second chance. And we thank you because it's through Jesus. It's through his sacrifice. It's through his resurrection that we have new life. So God, I pray that this word will prick the consciences of everyone who hears it. That everyone, having heard it, having had faith in it, We'll be able to get close to you. We'll understand who you are. And we'll understand that there is a place with you for them. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Right now we want to recite our confession of faith. And this is what we believe as a church. This is what the Bible teaches. It's kind of a summary of our worldview and the way we live our lives. So we're going to say this together on the count of three. Amen. One, two, three. I believe in one God and Creator, who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in His death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the united church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons 
in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. We've got to give him some praise. We're going to fellowship. We're going to love on each other. I want you to find three people you haven't met yet and give them a big hug. Keep it holy, all right? can make your way back to your seats for me, please. Gonna get started with the service. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord 2013. You guys are starting off the new year right. Sunday's the first Sunday of the year, making a statement saying, God, I'm coming after you. Worship going after God. Some of those songs, I picked them purposely, say, man, God, we're giving it away. And it's not just songs, and I hope it's your heart in this place, amen, that you don't come to church with your own agenda saying, man, I just hope that they think I'm a good person so that people can see I'm making it, but that you come here for God, amen. We want to welcome you to Metro Praise International, Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock, Every single Sunday until Jesus comes back. Wednesday, we got the kids, King's Kids, rather, at 7 p.m. A ministry, if you are 10 years age, 10 years old or younger, please bring your child out. I mean, it's, it's, it's for them, okay? Sometimes they can be overlooked. They come on a Sunday, but it's specific, specifically designed to get them to come here so they can learn about Jesus. Amen. As a matter of fact, I look upon my life and all the things I've been a part of, and God has used even the Sunday school teachers, people who have poured in when I was about this high, knowing who God was. So we encourage you to bring your children out. And every Friday, elevate. 
We get down for Jesus. Amen. Every Friday, our youth services. Um, coming up, we got some cool things. We're just giving you some announcements. Uh, we got some visitor cards. So if it's your first time here, just go ahead and raise your hand. Go ahead, don't be shy. If it's your first time here, raise your hand. Raise your hand. We got one right there. Come on, let's clap it up. We got another one right here. First Sunday morning service. We got some more. Point them out. Amen. We got some visitor cards for you guys. We want to get to know you, so fill them out. You can drop them in the Dropbox or help here at the offering. Amen. So that's one thing we got going on. The new year. Amen. We got some life-changing devotions going on starting January 1st. It's already been happening. This is something for you guys. If you're saying, man, you know what? It's hard for me to know what passage in the Bible to get into, what to study. We have life-changing devotions by Pastor Joe. And he's coming up and he's pouring his time and his effort and energy into these things. But basically, it's giving you the word of God. So when you wake up in the morning, you might not have time rushing out of work. Going to work, rather, you come back home with the kids. Make some time, lifechangedevotions.com. You can look it up on his Facebook, one a day. Check him out, let it bless you, amen. Amen. This coming Saturday, we got sidewalk counseling. Now, this is a ministry, guys. This is really awesome. They go out to the abortion clinics and minister to women. And the power of God, not just good persuasion, just fine talking, but the power of God is changing people's lives. As a matter of fact, I'm going to invite Jared Walker. Let's give it up for Jared leading the team. He's going to share a little bit about sidewalk evangelism. Amen. Man, it's me again. Hi. How's everyone doing? You know, what I love about Metro Praise International, we are a church that, that from day one, as long as I've been here and even before that, we've always done evangelism. Our people know how to hit the streets. They know how to share their faith. They know how to lead someone to Christ. But I want to tell you, if you have not come out to do this, this is unlike anything you've experienced. You're going to witness the need for God like never before because people are doing such an awful thing as killing their own babies and they're convinced it's good and their whole business centered around perpetuating it you're just gonna uh, god will touch your heart god will do some things in you and through you that you never would have imagined so we're gonna go out there we're gonna meet at nine o'clock uh, a.m next saturday that's the 12th and we're gonna meet up here we're gonna pray we're just gonna head out there a lot of what we do is praying around the, the clinic which is at cicero and elston and uh we're, we're trying to get as to as many women as we can. Folks coming in and out, the boyfriends, the, you know, the so-called supportive parents. They're supporting them to do the worst thing of their life. But we're anybody we can to reach them and, and, and urge them, be reconciled to God, do the right thing. And we have uh, a crisis pregnancy center across the street we could take them to. Free ultrasound. Everything they could possibly need, all the reasons they were afraid of having a baby, that they, they have help for all those things. So we've really given these women real hope and a real future in Christ. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, get at me if you want to do that next Saturday. Let's give a hand clap for Jesus. God is moving. Amen. So join that. Speaking about God is moving next week, next week, next week rather, January 18th and 19th, we're having our winter retreat. This is like for us a spiritual emphasis where we get down and we say, man, we're going to take some time off and really focus on God. You don't want to miss this. I'm not just saying it because I'm a part of it and I'm preaching Saturday in the morning session. I'm not saying that for that reason, but I'm saying that if you want God to do something, set apart some time, okay? 
come apart, be a part of it. Next, we got some cool things. Our pastors here at this church that have been raised up, Bible college and all, are going to be preaching, giving the word of God. You don't want to miss it. It's the 18th and 19th. Check it out on Facebook. If you want to come, we actually have a sign-up sheet over at the kiosk in the front. Sign up, say that you're coming. Or if it's easier for you to do it on Facebook, look us up on the Facebook event. Sign up, say, hey, I'm going. If you want your own room, just put it on the side and make a note. Say, hey, you know what? I want my room because the way we do it, everybody comes together. You pay $50 for everything, for food, for your stay. Come on now. You guys are getting a deal. So when you guys get over there, if you want your own room, you don't want to stay with a whole bunch of people you don't know, you just met, put that on the side. Amen. But we're going to have a great time. Come on. Here at Metro Praise International, our vision is to love God and love people. Can somebody say love God and love people? I mean, Jesus said that. God said that he came and said, listen, you're going to love me and you're going to love people. We want to encourage you every single day. Don't get tired of doing it. I know myself, I'm a pastor and I love God, but sometimes it gets hard. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, it gets hard. Don't you lie in church. You know it gets hard loving people. Come on now in traffic. Hello. But that's our heart. We love God and we love people, amen. And the way we do that, we have a strategy to connect you to Jesus, mentor you, train you up into, into a disciple. Because being a disciple don't come easy. You don't just show up in church and say, hey, I'm a disciple. You got to live it out. You got to walk it out. You got to talk the talk and walk the walk, amen. And we got some things for you guys. We got some 101, which is simply like learning about the whole foundation of, of, foundation of Christianity, rather, in a Sunday school type of leadership meeting which meets every Sunday morning before services. And they get down into the word of God, making us into a disciple. It's all the word of God. Amen. That's what we believe here. We hope you do too. Our goal here is 100,000 disciples here in this city with 50 churches to plant and 500 around the world. If you believe Jesus can do it, come on and say amen. God, do it in Jesus' name. Bless your church. Amen. Amen. Let's get ready to give. In this time, I have a passage I want to share to you as we prepare for our tithes and offering. It's found in Psalms 111. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to that. Psalms 111. I love reading the word of God, not just when I give, but for everything in life. I mean, the Bible says it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He directs you. He guides you. And especially when we consider finances, I just want to read this passage to you and encourage you. Psalms 111, it says like this, we're going verse 1. Praise the Lord, I will extol the Lord with all my heart. In the council of the upright in the assembly, great are the works of the Lord. Somebody say great. Come on, great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in him. Glorious and majestic are his deeds. This is talking about God. Not so, man, this is God, our God, amen. He has caused his wonders to be remembered the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food. Somebody say that with me on the count of three. He provides food. One, two, three. He provides, bless the Lord. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. Let that encourage you today as you think about, man, what God is doing in your life. He is faithful. He provides for you. He genuinely cares he's not like that best friend that says oh I care for you and really don't care when you really need them God is the person who's invested so much he gave his life for you amen so when we come into this time of tithes and offering think about that Lord I'm going to give to bless you amen I mean you guys can stand to your feet for me please a tithes and offering amen 
Hallelujah. Online giving, if it's easier for you to do a quick taste pay, we can do that as well. I mean, let's say this scripture with us on the count of three. Blessing the Lord. Luke 6, 38, on the count of three, nice and loud. One, two, three. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you change our lives, God. Father, we pray that in this time, God, the new year, Father, you bless people financially to be a blessing unto your church. God, we pray for and claim audacious things, God, things that can only be happening because of you working in your church. Use your people. God, bless us, God, as we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, amen. Come on up as you give. Amen. How many love Jesus? Can I get a woo woo? Come on. How many just felt the presence of God in worship this morning? See, wasn't that good? I mean, if you have been here for the last couple of weeks, that's what I was talking about. I just believing God for great and awesome things in our services. I want to uh, invite one of our youngest, awesomest members up here, Lawrence Rodriguez. Lawrence and uh, some of the crew went to uh, One Thing in uh, Kansas City there with IHOP. If you went to that, can you stand up? I see Miriam here. We'll bless you for taking a trip for Jesus. Let's give her a hand clap. There's uh, Kirsten and the little one. Yes. Awesome. You guys may be seated. I just want real quick, uh, Lawrence, tell us what you did during the New Year's, how you brought it in with the Holy Ghost party with a whole bunch of other people, and uh, maybe something that you brought back that we can be encouraged with. Well, uh, first off, um, how many of you guys know there's not a lot of power in eating pancakes for four days? So out there, it's not uh, like International House of Pancakes. We went to this uh, place called IHOP, International House of Prayer. And so they had a conference out there, and it was just four days just straight worship and just seeking God. And it was amazing. Like there were 25,000 people there, young people that were just seeking God and just going after him. It was amazing. Um, and his presence and his power was so was just oh my gosh it was amazing and like uh some people got healed during the worship people got out of wheelchairs i mean it was it was like whoa and uh you know like one thing for me that god did specifically in my life uh he just showed me like oh man how like you know i mean i've been saved pretty much all my life you know i've been in church and i've done all that stuff but even then there's so much more that god has for me and there's so much more that he wants to show me and, and he wants to, like, have me experience. And, I mean, it's, it's just amazing, just his love and his grace and all that stuff just getting poured out at the conference. And, like, uh, the, oh, my goodness, it was amazing. And, like, another thing, too, is, like, you know, when, you, when different people can hear about, you know, conferences out here or there or big concerts, this, that, and the other. And look, I, got a, I got news for you. The same Holy Spirit that was out there. Is right here in this room, and I mean, dude, if you if you want it, you don't have to go to a big conference. I mean, that's cool, and it's awesome, and I love it, by the way. But uh, you know, you can seek God right here, right now, during worship. Just lift your hand, just praise Him, and dude, the same Holy Spirit that was out there, same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus. Okay, He's here, and He's available 24/7. You can 
come in contact with him. I mean, it, it's just amazing. And there's no other feeling quite like the Holy Spirit just coming and touching you. It's just amazing. Man, praise God. Ain't no high like the most high. Amen. So uh, next year, Lord willing, we're going to try to get a group of us to go and do that. So it's just going to get bigger and better. I just think that's awesome. Uh, we're going to be talking about a new series here at the beginning of the year, and I'm so glad that you're here starting this year with us. And so this series is going to be called YMPI. All right, so everybody say YMPI. All right, so those are our initials, Metro Praise International. And I want you to open up your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 1. And we're going to be talking about our vision this year and our strategy to make disciples. We'll be going through Connect, Mentor, and Send. Connect, we're going to focus on our Pentecostal heart. In the Mentor message next week, we're going to focus on our commitment to discipleship. And then during the retreat weekend, we're going to preach about the gospel because that's the theme that week. But then after that, the last Sunday of the month, we're going to talk about our biblical leadership. Everybody say, why? MPI. Now, this is something that is very dear to my heart, obviously, because Metro Praise International comes from what my wife and I started many years ago and then relaunched just a few months ago. Metro Praise International means a lot to me personally, but I believe it also means something to the city, to the nations, and in God's heart. And so when we were developing this sermon for the first of the year, the idea was how can we as a church all get on the same page to understand what God is telling us? And so I was beginning to think of a catchy little slogan. Mine did not make it through. One of the staff members came up with this YMPI. But then I wanted to come up with like a tagline, something that you would understand the series would be about. And so I was sitting down in my office and this phrase came into my heart. A sermon series about us. A sermon series about us. That's what came into my heart. It doesn't sound too profound. sounds kind of basic. But as I began to meditate on it, something convicted my heart. You know, I always want to give God the glory because it's not about us. It's always about him. It's about Jesus. Can I get an amen? It's always about Jesus. And so when I had this phrase in my heart, it's about us. I just felt a check, and while I was having that check, it just happened to be the time that I talked to Pastor Anthony Freeman. Does anybody love Brother Anthony here? Amen. He's come here at different times, and he was here in November for our ordination. And as we were talking, I said, I just want to ask you this. When I tell you the, the tagline to our sermon series, a sermon series about us, what comes into your heart? Do you think that that gives the impression that we're trying to say the church is about us and it's not about him? And he said, Joe, God has actually been dealing with me about this. I preached a message on it last week, and I want you to hear it. And he began for the next 15 minutes explaining to me this concept of us and what it means. It was then at that moment I said, Jesus, you are moving not only here, but around the world doing something in us. And I want you to see it in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. Somebody say us says, that which was from the beginning, we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we've seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Everybody say us. Thank you. Now verse 3, the, the core of this passage. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with... 
Everybody say us. That you may have fellowship with, one more time, you may have fellowship with us. Thank you. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. How many of you are getting some joy when you're hearing this right now? If you're not there yet, you're going to get happy, so just stay with me. What I want to talk to you about this month, when we talk about Metro Praise International, YMPI, I want you to understand the story about us. And us is the body of Christ going all the way back to the time of John the Apostle in the early church to all which God is doing on the earth today. That is the us I want you to be familiarized with. And the word there is fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. It literally means in the English language, shipping with the fellow. So a couple of fellows, we're going to get out of ship together. But we don't understand that. So what we could just say is hanging out. But the Greek word is koinonia. Everybody say koinonia. And it means to get close to one another. Our fellowship, our shipping with the fellow koinonia, getting close to one another, is not only important for here at this time, but across the whole earth into the body of Christ, as we said in our confession in number six, that we believe in the united church of Jesus Christ, where people profess Jesus all over the earth. There is the us, but the us without the other us is all by itself. Because the second us that we see here is that our fellowship is not just in a natural sense hanging out with one another. We are also hanging out with the fellowship of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the us of the Godhead is hanging out with the us of the body of Christ. Some of you got it. For those of you who are a little bit slow this year, I'm going to take my time. I ain't got nowhere to go today. This is my job, amen? I get paid overtime, by the way. We are going to talk this month about what it means to be here in your local body, what it means to understand the great body of Christ, the church that goes into different congregations in the city, you know, New Life Covenant, Chicago Tabernacle, Armitage Baptist, Life Changers, Living Word, that then goes beyond our city to the states in our country, to the great churches in the south, to the churches in Miami and California, New York, Brooklyn, Tabernacle. Are you all listening to me? Then we're going, we're going to understand that the us doesn't just stop in America all the way in Central and South America, Latin America, in Asia, the Church of China, the Church of Brazil, the Church of India. We are going to learn that God wants to do something in us. The body of Christ, the church, is the greatest organization upon this planet, and you get to be a part of us. But we're not just going to stop there. Matter of fact, it starts with us, John said, you have seen, we have seen and heard about Jesus, and we've told you about this, and now you have fellowship with us. But he says, when you come to us here in a natural fellowship, two people hanging out, hearing the Bible, it doesn't just stop there as some religion. We bring you into fellowship with the eternal Godhead who's been in fellowship with themselves for all of eternity. 
The Father forever has been in fellowship with the Son and the Holy Spirit. They are one. They've always been in fellowship. Listen, get this in your mind. Before there was ever an earth, before there was ever a planet called Pluto and Neptune, before there was ever this universe, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit were in fellowship together. They are three unique persons in one God, not three gods and not three parts making one God, each individually God sharing the nature and substance of God, yet individual in their personalities. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. They are individuals, and they have been in fellowship, koinonia, with one another before there was ever an earth. But God made an earth and made you to join in that fellowship. Come on, just get that today. He made an earth so that you and him could walk in a garden together, that you would fellowship with him together, that you would know him better than you know yourself. But what happened in that garden? People sinned separated us from that fellowship. So what did Jesus have to do? Jesus had to come to die on the cross to restore us to that fellowship. And today, why MPI? Because this is a place where you can receive that restored fellowship with God, be in fellowship with the Father through his Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can be in fellowship with each other. I want you to look with me to one more passage, John chapter 17. I want you to see it like this. Thank you for those of you who got excited with me. Because that just blessed my heart. That encouraged me, man, that God has a plan for us. And the us is not just humanity. It's an us with divinity. And as you're you're turning there to John 17, 20, I want you to understand that When you look at Jesus, he actually represents this fellowship between divinity and humanity. In the incarnation, that which is divine takes on that which is human. So when we see Jesus in his nature of humanity and divinity in one person, that's who Jesus is. He's not part man and part God. He's fully God and fully man. When we see that and we read about that, we understand that Jesus is saying, I identify in divinity to the Father and the Spirit, and I've been here for eternity. But in my humanity, I identify in every temptation and way and suffering as I do with humanity. He's got one hand in glory, the other and the gutter brings them together that salvation isn't that awesome your God wanted to have fellowship with you so much that he sent his son to become like you and to die for you so you could spend eternity with him it's a story about us it's about understanding God's plan for humanity and what he's doing in the church Governments will come and go. They always have. Where's the Roman Empire, friends? It's gone, right? Where's the Byzantine Empire? Where's all those Chinese dynasties? Empires come and go. The church of Jesus Christ remains forever. The body of Christ will be here when every nation and kingdom passes away. Do you understand that? America will pass away one day. As much as I love this country, it will pass away. All the nations will pass away. All the kings will bow down and proclaim him the king of kings. 
The Bible actually even goes as far to say in the book of Revelation that we as the church will rule and reign with him upon this earth as kings and priests. That after the time of judgment, God allows a thousand-year reign where he as an earthly king through his people rules humanity. That's the promise that he made to the Jewish people, that I will sit upon the throne of David and rule all the nations. So for some of you who think when you die, you just go to heaven, get angel's wings, and become a cute little fat baby, a little naked fat baby, that's not what happens. You go there and you wait for judgment. Then when judgment comes, you get a resurrected body, and God leaves a part of humanity here to live for one millennium, a thousand years. Everybody say a thousand years. And during that thousand years, we as the body of Christ, as Christians, rule and reign with him, us, the body of Christ with our God. Look at John 17, 20. Jesus, when he was on this earth, talked this same way. As a matter of fact, we call the Lord's prayer his prayer, but it wasn't really the Lord's prayer, our Father which art in heaven. That was really the disciples' prayer because they asked, how should we pray? And he said, when you guys pray, pray like this. And, of course, he is our example, and he showed us how to do it. But if you want to technically see the Lord's prayer, you've got to read all of John 17 because that's what it was like when Jesus talked to his Father. And there was some boom shakalaka going on there. There was some power of God moving between them as they fellowshipped. Listen to what he says, verse 20. Jesus talking. My prayer is not for them alone. Who is he saying this towards? The disciples, the original ones. Because he's just prayed in the first 20 verses for his original disciples. He's praying that the church will be established and they're going to not you know, lose heart. They're going to keep going strong. But he says, my prayer is not just for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Has anybody heard the message of Jesus before? Can I see you raise your hand if you've heard the message of Jesus? Jesus died on the cross, was buried, rose again for you. Can I see hands raised up? Okay. And if you're not raising your hand, you're not paying attention, okay? Because you just heard it today. Or you're tired. It's been a hard week. Okay. He says, I'm not just praying for these disciples. I'm praying for the disciples of the disciples that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in, in me and I am in you, may you also be in, may they also be in us. Everybody say us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Do you understand what Jesus just said? Jesus just said, Father, you are in me and I am in you. Now may we be in them. May we also be in them. May they be in us. So now there is a divine union between us and God. It is not just that God is somewhere far off in heaven and he's not with us. According to this passage, he is in us. May they also be in us. Who's the us there? The Godhead that the world may know that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me that they may be one. Everybody say one, as we are one. I and them and you and me, may they be brought to complete unity. Everybody say unity. To let the world know you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So why MPI? Why is this church important to you today? Because this is the place you have fellowship with Christ and his body. Why MPI? Because God is here with you. 
and he is with us. And the us of the Godhead, the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit have joined with us of humanity in this church, in this gathering. And that ought to be important to you. We shouldn't look at this as something trivial, something that we don't take serious. We should look at our place in this body of Christ as we would at the very parts of our body. Do you take your left hand pretty serious? I mean, if I cut off your left hand today, would you feel it? Would you miss your left hand, those of you who have left hands? Would you miss it? What if I poked out your right eye and took it home and put it in a little jar? Would that bother you if I did that? If I poked out your right eye, cut off? I mean, this is sick, twisted, but it would bother you. Do you know that the Bible literally says that you are a part of this church forming a body? So when you don't show up in fellowship with us, we're missing a part of who we are. When you don't commit to what us is doing, we're lacking the laborers to do what the us of heaven is doing. See, I'm going to say that again. When you show up and do something in this ministry, for us, it does benefit us. But the greater benefit is the us of heaven. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that is getting glory out of what you do. And when you don't do it for us down here, the us up there doesn't get the glory. So why should we look at our gathering together, our fellowship together being serious? Is because this was Jesus' prayer. Jesus' prayer was that we would be one from the front row to the back row, from side to side, to the north, to the south, east and the west. The young and the old, you know how we do it best. That all of us would love the rest. I just had to keep rhyming. I digress. But now I will progress. Stop before I cause a mess. Boom. Okay. What we're talking about the church, we're not talking about a building at 5405 West Diversity. We're not talking about, you know, instruments and padded chairs and air-conditioned rooms or even what goes on in our life groups and houses or on the streets. We're talking about you. We're talking about what you do for us and for God. And he prayed, Jesus prayed, when he was on this earth for you. And he prayed that you would be one with what he was doing that humanity would be one with divinity, that the earth would be one with heaven. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so today, my friends, as we start this new year, I want to challenge you to be a part of us, that you would be a part of what we're doing here. And if you would say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here, well, then go somewhere where you know that us is for you and you're a part of it. Because if you're here and you're taking the chair and sitting here and, and you're being a part of the messages every week, we're going to get the impression that you're a part of us. And we're going to expect you to do what us is doing. Now, if, if you don't want to do what us is doing, we welcome you to find another us. But if they are a Bible-believing church, if they are a church that loves Jesus, you're still a part of us. Because us is wherever Jesus is being glorified. 
I remember one time we were in India way out there catching a small plane in and, and, and the southern part of India, and there was a little bus we had to take from, from the, uh, the airport, I mean the actual place, the landing, to where you got your bags, and we were on a little, uh, little bus. It was hot, and I think that was the year Ricky was with me, and I met a missionary from someplace you know, like in Washington State or Colorado. And the moment we started talking about Jesus, he was one of us. I was one of his us. We were together. We were one. We shared the same heart. We shared the same passion. And so getting into our Pentecostal heart, getting into our discipleship strategy, getting into our leadership, these things that Metro Praise says is us in that sense, in that significant sense, what we're really saying is, is that God is building himself and his church through us these ways. That Jesus told us to do this. Now, we all may call it different things, but this is not just something we made up. How do we call it? We call it connect, mentor, send. Can everybody say connect, mentor, send? Thank you. Here it is, real plain. We want to connect you to the cross. How many think that's a God idea? How many think Jesus probably cares about that? You're getting saved, getting connected to the cross, right? We want to mentor you and make disciples. Our books aren't perfect. They're not the only ways to be discipled. But we're doing our best to make disciples because we want us to get stronger. We want the body of Christ to be healthy and whole, to give glory to the us of heaven. Are you tracking with me? And send to go out and do evangelism, to go out and change the world, whether it's going to an abortion clinic or a high school or to your job at lunch break with a Bible study, that you would be able to say, going to Metro Praise International has fully equipped me to be a preacher of God's good news. And so for this sermon series, how I would like you to look at these things is I would like you to look at the Connect, Mentor, and Send. What is our passion behind these things? Yes, we use our life groups to connect you to the cross because that's a more intimate place for you to get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, your life changed. But we really want you to understand that behind the concept of all that we're doing to connect people to the cross is a desire for the Pentecostal power of God, for the Spirit of God to saturate our lives. And when you look at our mentoring stage, you may say, oh, I'm a little too old for books, or that may not be for me. When you look at that mentoring stage, I really want you to understand it's our commitment to discipleship. That's what we're saying in the 101 and 201. When we meet with you one-on-one -on -one and you're doing that seven-step book, that's what we call the 101 phase. We are saying to you, we're committed to your spiritual growth. We're committed to you going through your ups and downs, but you making it through to the other side. Come on, can I get an amen? And when you hear about our 201 class, that Sunday school class that requires you to memorize scripture and keep a journal and have accountability, we want you to not see this just as some type of work that you're doing or something that would be confused with earning salvation. We don't believe you're going to get more saved. We believe once you're saved, you are as saved as you're ever going to be. You just need to live it and live it out. But that you would see that 201 is our way of saying to you, I commit to you for the next year so that you will grow and become a leader. You could look at that 101 in the sense of we're committing to you to be discipled so you'll live for Jesus. 
that 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you'll be living for Jesus. We've had many people come in and out these doors, and sometimes we'll see them, you know, at different uh, events we go to, or we'll, you know, hear about them on Facebook or whatever. And, and you know what we always hear from them? It's things like this. I still read those books. They'll tell us that. Or those classes made a difference in my life. I've been going to a, another place, another church, and they haven't offered those same things. That's what I miss about Metro Praise. What we're saying is we're committing ourselves to you. And then when we send you out, what we're saying is you are a leader that changes the world. The body of Christ was called to be leaders. When you look at the first 12, Peter, James, and John, they were just fishermen and tax collectors. You look at the women, Mary, Martha, some of them came from, you know, seedy backgrounds, one was a prostitute, but God used them to change the world. And so that we would look at ourselves and go, God, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. And so I want you today to be encouraged to know why we want to connect you in the way we do. It is about our Pentecostal heart. Would you look at this definition so that you can understand how we define the Pentecostal heart? This is the heartbeat of our church. This is what makes us who we are. This is what I believe makes God who he is. When Jesus walked the earth, I believe he did these things. I believe the disciples did these things. And I believe those who are in tune with what heaven is doing are doing these things. How do I define our Pentecostal heart? The belief, practice, and total dependence upon the Holy Spirit and his gifts that he gave the church on the day of Pentecost. So what are we saying as a church? What we're saying is we're going to be dependent upon God and his spirit. We're not going to be just dependent upon a good speaker. We're not going to be dependent upon a good band. We're not going to just try to do gimmicks to get you to come to church, you know, to give away things or to make services in such a way where it's always seeker-sensitive, visitor-sensitive, and it's not spirit-sensitive. Are you listening? We want a church that is always sensitive to the Spirit. That sounds like God, doesn't it? When Jesus walked the earth, was he sensitive to the Spirit? Was he dependent upon the Spirit? Did Jesus operate in the gifts, the power of the Spirit? Okay. When Jesus made those first disciples, did they become dependent upon the Spirit? Did they learn to operate in the gifts of the Spirit? We should be the same. Look at just the scripture I have up here, Acts 2, 1 through 3. This is why we call it Pentecostal. When I say Pentecostal, I don't mean women coming to church without makeup, not cutting their hair, and we got a bunch of ugly women up in the church. No, I'm just kidding. No women laughed. Like two women laughed. A couple dudes laughed. <laughs> I know how my wife looked without makeup. <laughs> Praise God for it. But anyways, we're not talking about that kind of Pentecostal. What we're talking about is by this definition, because there's many brands of Pentecostal, and to me, it's what Jesus did that matters. It doesn't matter what a denomination says. Being Pentecostal doesn't mean we lie or where we shout more though we may. It doesn't mean we do these kinds of things. What it means is we're dependent upon the Spirit. So it says, on the day of Pentecost, they were gathered together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, everybody say all of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So you might say, ooh, that's crazy. I don't know about that. But if they did it, shouldn't we do it? 
I'm just asking you a question just to think through this. If Jesus said the Spirit was going to come on this day, the day of Pentecost, when the Jewish people celebrated harvest, Pente, 50 days after Passover, if Jesus said in Acts 1-8, and we'll read it in just a moment, he said, don't leave until the Spirit comes, and they stayed, and this is what happened, shouldn't that be the heart today that we have? Shouldn't we all just say, God, whatever you did then, I want you to do it now. If it's not for you, then who are you a part of? Because sometimes people say, well, this is not for me. Is there another church that Jesus is building that I don't know about? Is there another unity that he wants to unify? I mean, he said, let us all be one. So if you came around these first disciples and you heard them speaking in tongues and you were like, I don't want to speak in tongues, they would say, you're not in unity. You're not doing what we're doing. If you were in Paul's church and Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, and you would say, Paul, that, that makes you crazy. Paul would say, you're not, the, you know, you're not the smart one here. You're actually being the foolish one here. I'm doing what Jesus wanted us to do. Now, at the same time, I don't want there to be a sense of condemnation or guilt when you say, well, you know, I don't speak in tongues, Jesus doesn't love me, or as some have wrongly taught that you're not saved unless you speak in tongues. We're not teaching that here. You can look at our doctrines. We have a, an Assembly of God Bible College based out of fear. Our doctrines are evangelical in the, in the core belief of what we have, and then our charismatic beliefs or the Pentecostal beliefs have always been in line with what we believe is fundamental Christianity. So we're not changing a doctrine. We're not saying you have to be baptized in Jesus' name only. We're not saying women have to dress weird and funny. Guys can't have long hair. We're not doing any of that extra biblical stuff. We're simply looking to the Bible and we wanting to do what they did because we want to be a part of the us of the New Testament. Can I hear an amen? Now, just because I love church history and I don't want you to take my word for it, I've uh, taken some church history, a timeline here out of the book, 2,000 Years of Charismatic History by Eddie L. Hyatt, and you can look it up yourself and test whether these theories are true, but I can show you in the history of the church the church that God has been blessing, the church that God has been growing, the us upon this earth has always been spirit-filled. Well, you first see Jesus. He was spirit-filled, came on him like a dove at his baptism, right? Then the day of Pentecost, all of them uh, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul, we know that was there. John is actually seeing visions, right? So we know that the early church did. Well, then we go now into church history, the disciples of the disciples, the same ones that Jesus said that would be one because they would hear the teachings of the original disciples. He said, I pray for them to be one with us. Can everybody say with us? Does everybody get how it ties in together? If you break the chain of us and create another us, that is outside of Christ's body. We, to be faithful to the us of Christ's body, need to do what they did. You look in an Irenaeus in his life. He talked about miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, moving on further, I mean, obviously, this is just a summary for you to look at. There's more details in the book. 350 A.D., Augustine, the great theologian, spoke about miracles and ecstatic utterances, the gift of tongues being around in his day. Then around the uh, 5th and 6th century, we see the rise of Islam. We begin to enter into the Dark Ages, as it's known, and the Roman Catholic Church begins to take over and have a lot of authority. Some people think the Roman Catholic Catholic Church was the first church. That's a devil's lie. The first church is the church we're talking about based on disciples. There was no pope. There was no veneration of Mary. There, there was none of that. There was no confession to priests. Are you listening? 
But around the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th centuries, over a 100, 300, 400-year period, they began to do these things. But at this time, there were Roman Catholic monks who would go into monasteries and get boom shakalaka by the power of God. And as a matter of fact, still to this day, because I did some research on the Benedictine monks, the Franciscans monks, I started doing some research. And to this day, if you would say, Pastor, is Catholicism a good religion to be a part of? I would say, no, I don't believe it's the true church. It's not the church that I'm talking about. And if then you would ask, but can Catholics be saved? I would say, yes. They have to give up idolatry, trust in Jesus, and there are many that do. But if you would say, where are the most majority of them? Where are some of those you would find? I believe they are in the charismatic Catholic Church, still to this day, and many of them in these monasteries, where they truly go after God because they've been touched by His Spirit. And so I don't have time, but they're listed out in this book, the different monasteries that were Holy Ghost-filled, seeing the miracles of God, and were doing mission work for the Lord. Then some of you know the Reformation of 1517, but many don't know that long before Martin Luther were reformers who knew the truth and wanted to separate. Some of the first ones were the Walladeans. The Walladeans of France in the late 1100s, in the, in the 12th century and 13th century, began to break away and believe in the power of God and see nations saved. But of course the Roman Catholic Church tried to kill them. The Huguenots were the next ones after them. The Quakers breaking away from the Church of England. And then the, the more um, Moravians and John Wesley of the 1700s, had, uh, Zinzendorf, Count Zinzendorf, had just miraculous times in God's presence. John Wesley would talk about the power of the Spirit slaying people in their meetings. On their faces, they would be weeping and crying, shaking sometimes just under the power of God. Then the Methodists of the 1800s and the Second Great Awakening basically developed the entire Bible Belt as we know it today, preaching in, in barns and cutting down trees and having camp meetings. And then you get to what we now know as the Pentecostal renewal or when the fullness of it came, Azusa Street with William Seymour in California on Bonnie Ray Street, and then he moved it to Azusa Street. This African-American preacher began to teach these gifts, signs, and wonders in America. Then they came from around the world, and from that moment forward, we began to define it more correctly and understand it. And today, because of those efforts of those few, there are now over 600 million spirit-filled, tongue-talking believers around the world as a matter of fact when we talk about the church that Jesus is growing the spirit filled Holy Ghost anointed and appointed church is the fastest growing religion in the world if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit moving in Africa, China and South Korea we would have lost these lands to communism and Islam the two greatest enemies of Christianity as a matter of fact, more people are getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost than are being born by the tune of eight times faster than the rate of growth. As every time somebody is born in our world, there's eight more who are born again speaking in new heavenly languages. Just to give you an example of how great this movement is, there are more spirit-filled believers in Brazil alone, over 80 million, then there are Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Scientologists, and every other cult combined. I want you to understand this. You see these Jehovah Witnesses knocking on doors. 
Sometimes we're put off or threatened by these new cults that Tom Cruise and Hollywood stars want to join. Are you all listening? John Travolta type cults. In one nation alone, we have more spirit-filled believers than all of them combined in the entire world. Sounds like Jesus is doing something in his church. Some of you might say, well, is that just Assembly of God churches? Is that just Pentecostal denominations? No, as a matter of fact, they are from every denomination under the sun. Anglicans right now are seeing the power of God move through the Church of England. Methodists, Presbyterians, Roman Catholics in the charismatic renewal in the largest, fastest growing movement are churches just like you're in today, just non-denominational, independent churches as it was in the time of Acts. The fastest growing churches today in China Over, right now listen to me Over 30,000 believers come to Christ in China And the great majority of them are spirit filled Over a thousand a day There's over a hundred million believers in China right now India is seeing the same kind of revival South Korea has the largest church in the world Over 750,000 members Africa, places like Nigeria where you see the most bombing and persecution towards Christianity in Africa right now is there because Christianity is taking back the nation from Islam. And as we continue to move up into northern Africa, it will be, here is the Holy Ghost prediction, the spirit-filled church that wins the continent of Africa. And when you look at the churches of Latin America, whether it's Colombia In Bogota, Colombia, over 400,000 members in a church in in that wonderful nation. Or the churches of Mexico or Argentina, the largest, the fastest growing, the most fastest church planting, starting new churches. As a matter of fact, there's one movement in India alone to plant 10,000 churches in the next 10 years. They are all spirit-filled. Do you want to be a part of Christ's church? Do you want to be a part of that? I don't believe you. (laughs) I don't think you do. You don't sound like it. How many of you want to be a part of the Pentecostal Power Church? There you go. Amen. If that was just for me, I appreciate it because it helps me to keep preaching. I don't know if you got bored or what. I want to give you three reasons why I believe this is Jesus' church. Now, you may say, Pastor, what about those good Baptists who don't speak in tongues? What about our friends who don't? Are they still a part of the church? Yes, they are. They're just not doing what the Holy Spirit wants them to do. They are still saved. They're considered Christ's body, but they're not doing what he asked them to do. So when we talk about the sermon series about us, we need to, as us, humanity, do what the first church did, do what the book of Acts did, and then when we talk about being in fellowship with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we need to do what they do. And to do what they do, you've got to welcome the Holy Spirit. How can we say we're pleasing the Father and the Son when the Holy Spirit's not welcomed in our services? Can I just stop and just talk there for a moment? How can we say we're pleasing the Father and the Son when we are ashamed of His Holy Spirit? For some of you, this is the first church that you've ever been to where you heard speaking in tongues publicly. Prophetic gifts being used in the prayer time Meaning God was speaking through people Altar calls Some of you, this was the first place you saw healings Demons cast out And the miraculous power of God 
For others of you, you've come from places where they believe this and you understand this to be true. And so we're always trying to walk a balance here personally, and I'll get to that in the end, of where we're trying to be sensitive to the newcomers who are opening up their heart to this experience as well as encouraging and spurring on those who are Holy Ghost drinkers. Amen. And we always just want to serve you up a fresh drink in the spirit. We don't want you to come and be like, there was no Holy Ghost there today. No, I want you to walk out and go, you know, you know, hiccup in a little bit. I got all I could handle. Because the Bible says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do I have any that want to come to the Holy Ghost bartender right now and get filled? Amen. So here's three reasons why I believe this is what Jesus wants us to do. Start with me in Mark 16, 15 and onward. And I'll read this quickly because I know time is short and I want to pray with you. It said, he said to them, Jesus talking, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. So Jesus said, when we believe, these things will follow us. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. If they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They'll place their hands on sick people. They will get well. After that, the Lord Jesus was taken up to heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. Thank you. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. What do we see that Jesus teaches us here? There should be signs, or another word, demonstration of the power of God wherever we go. So I ask you today, is the church you're a part of seeing these things? That needs to be the church we need to be. Because I want to see these things. We need to ask God for these things. And this is the church that Jesus is building. So let's just go through them quickly. As he said, these signs would follow. Well, they would cast out demons. Have you ever seen a demon cast out here? Amen. If you haven't, you haven't stuck around long enough. We usually see them come maybe every three to six months. So if you're less than that time, you'll stick around, you'll see them. Sometimes they happen in ways you're not even ready for. I remember uh, after a normal service at the building over there, this is the last time it happened, so many of you probably didn't see, but there was somebody sitting down, and they hadn't come up for prayer, and everybody else had left, and I went to greet them, and Within a few moments of talking to them, their voice changed, and they started shaking. Berto, you were there with me. That's why that man of God comes with me. And uh, within a few moments, uh, this man was talking about he was so angry he could kill somebody. And he was just, just so angry. He was cursing. He was shaking. It wasn't like a fit of rage. It was a demonic spirit in his life. And we saw that demonic spirit cast out. It says they will speak in new tongues. How many of you all have heard that in this church? Amen. We should hear that more. Amen. Why don't you do it right now for your neighbor to hear? No, I'm just kidding. Half kid. Then it says they will pick up snakes and drink deadly poison. And some people out there in the Ozarks or some, you know, countrified people start drinking, you know, strychnine and handling snakes. But it's obvious and it's clear that there is a promise of protection here. This is the same language that's used when Jesus says you will trample on scorpions and serpents. Uh, I don't know why they don't start trampling on those things, you know. But uh, that's not the point. The point is whatever you face, you will be successful against. And our missionaries face this all the time. And uh, I've seen that happen in my life. And then the last thing is they will place their hands on sick people and get well. How many of you see sick people get well? And I should say this before, how many of you see God's protection over his people? Can I hear an amen? 
don't fake it if you don't see it. But I've seen it. As a matter of fact, the last healing that we have seen was over Lauren, uh, Andrew's wife. We thought that there was something going on. Did they actually have the x-ray of the baby? And a hole, it was a hole in the heart? There were spots upon the baby, upon the heart. We prayed, and they didn't find them, right? That's a miracle. Then the second miracle was with Jessica, which was even more serious, right, because they had seen it two times, or they saw it twice. We prayed. Many of us consecrated ourselves to prayer, continually praying, and then they said they no longer see it. Is that true? Amen. I don't want to put words in your mouth. That is true. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now, some of you who don't think that's a miracle, it's not your wife that's pregnant. Or it's, you know, you don't understand. But those of you who do understand, that's God. And, and let me just pause here and say this. There's a reason why we don't do old-style televangelism services here. Because I don't want to fake what God is doing for real. I don't want to hype up the river of God so much that it becomes a trickle and a stream to where it doesn't work. So I don't point to people being healed all the time unless I can point to genuine miracles that you could even ask a doctor and see it to be true. I don't say every time I pray I've casted out devils unless I can point to a genuine time when demons have been casted out. So let's look at what is genuinely being done in our midst and let's ask God to do it more. Amen. Let's continue on. That's the first reason Jesus said he would have a church where signs would follow. Now, I don't have time to walk you through all 19 chapters here of the book of Acts, but the book of Acts is named the book of Acts because it's the Acts of the Apostles. So how many of us should be the book of Acts instead of the book of don'ts? How many want to be the book of Acts and not the book of don'ts? They don't do nothing for God, don't ever see miracles, don't ever see anybody get saved, the book of don'ts. I want to be the book of Acts, amen? I want to see God act and cast out a devil, act and heal somebody, act and win a nation. How many want to live in the book of Acts? Well, the book of Acts starts off with Jesus in Acts chapter 1, 4, 5 through 8. As a matter of fact, let us at least uh, honor the book of Acts by reading one passage, and I think the best would be from Jesus. Acts 1, verses 4 and onward. Would you put that up there, Andrew? Because Jesus said this. This is what Jesus said, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and onward. He taught us that we should be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. He said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak to you about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been baptized with water? Now do you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Look at your neighbor and just go boom. Come on, just go boom. Amen. That's what you need. If you've been baptized in water, you believe in Jesus, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now we continue on to verse 8. Jesus continuing to speak to us. We don't, like I said, have time to read it all. You can. That's why I provide notes. And by the way, they're uh, at our blog as well. Here we see in verse 8 that Jesus says, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. Thank you when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus always intended his church to have power. The church should not be less powerful than Madden Cleo in 1-900 Psychic Hotlines. Jesus should be more powerful than your horoscope. Jesus should be more powerful than those reality movies they keep making about demons getting cast out. Amen. They need to bring me in on the set. Amen. 
If that's real, let's just say it is. Oh, we found somebody with a demon. We're going to put cameras in their bedroom and all that. Just call me over, Jack. Turn on the lights. Everybody's screaming in the movie theater. Turn on the lights. Come out in Jesus' name. Bam. End of the movie. 90-second movie, baby. They can make it an hour and a half, me preaching and then just showing up. And I wish I had time, but those of you who haven't seen it, ask for us. We have videos of us doing it in India. We have places that we've done it here. I mean, it's just normal to us, though, of course, I wish it would happen more. But does anybody have a demon now? We'll demonstrate it. <laughs> Hence my point. Not, not a lot of demonized people coming here on Sunday. Most of it happens outside, and we're street witnessing now. But I love it when it happens in our services. It's exciting. The next thing that we learn is that Peter and disciples received tongues of fire. And trust me, I'll explain this a little bit later and what these tongues of fire mean. And we'll help you to rationalize this a bit. But it's not about the rational mind. It's not about the natural body. It's a supernatural power. As a matter of fact, when you go back to my definition that I gave you at the very beginning of what the Pentecostal heart is, this is what it is. The belief and practice and total dependence upon the Holy Spirit and the gifts he gave to the church from the day of Pentecost. So that's what I'm emphasizing. I'm not saying we're all going to act weird now. I'm not saying that we're all going to force things to happen. I used to go to a church where every Sunday the pastor had to pray for everybody in the whole congregation. It was a big church, over a thousand people. And they would line up around the sanctuary. And how you knew God was touching somebody was how loud they were getting when the preacher would pray for them. If they were, woo, just a little shout, then that was just a little bit of glory. But if you heard, oh, thank you, Jesus, that was a lot of glory. If they did it, oh, thank you, Jesus, and fell down, then you knew they were getting lambasted. It was an, oh, thank you, Jesus, and it fell down. Then they shook. You're just like, oh, glory to God. Touch them, Jesus. Now, I believe in those manifestations. I say, more Lord, mas Espirito Santo, fuego, amen. Carlos Nicandia taught me that from Argentine, the Argentine Revival. Look, look up his book. Listen to me, Satan. These were some of the men that influenced me. So that's why I talk like them, amen. But, but I'm talking more about the dependence upon God, not just the, the little things that we get as a result of it. The goosebumps and all that is a result of it. I want to be totally dependent upon God. And this is to be in your everyday life. You can't fall down, go booming, speaking in tongues on your job. They're going to think you're crazy. But you can be empowered by the Spirit to have wisdom like Daniel and wisdom to accomplish great things. Can I hear an amen? So when we look at the book of Acts, it's not a book of don'ts. It's a book of action. We see that these believers are filled with the Spirit. They're speaking in other tongues. And then in Cornelius' house, Acts 10, they are filled again. And others are now being filled. So it's contagious. Some people teach that the gifts of the Spirit were just for the first disciples. Well, Cornelius wasn't one of the first disciples. Then people say, well, since Cornelius was a Gentile, it was only for him. But then in the book of Corinthians, Paul writes again to Gentiles and says they should all speak in tongues. So no matter how people try to dismiss it, there is no biblical evidence for it. The Bible teaches us the gifts of the Spirit were for the first church and are for every church that comes after because he wants them to be unified and one. And then lastly, you see in Acts chapter 19, John the Baptist's disciples are similar today to the Baptists. They talked about how we were baptized with John. We understood the teachings of John. But then uh, Paul says to them, you need Jesus' baptism of Holy Ghost and fire. And they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. 
If this is making you nervous, I'm sorry. But he's a ghost, but he's holy. Amen? He's a ghost, but he's the Holy Ghost. He ain't going to hurt you. He ain't going to do nothing wrong to you. He will only bless you and give you that which is good. The Bible says even pagans, listen to this, even pagans know how to hear their children's cry for food and give them what they ask for. Pagans don't come to their children and give them snakes and vipers when they ask for bread. Jesus said, how much more so does your father know how to give you the Holy Spirit when you ask for it? Amen? So look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. He is a ghost, but he is holy. The next thing that we see is that Paul in the book of Corinthians spends three chapters, chapter 12, 13, and 14, describing in depth how these gifts should be. Nothing is sadder and more hilarious to me when I hear pastors try to use the most in-depth passage of spiritual gifts to teach us not to use spiritual gifts. It's like I want to send them back to first grade and have them understand how to read in context. The context isn't stop speaking in tongues. The context isn't that the gifts will pass away. The context of Paul and the meaning of Paul is not that some will and some will not. It is clear from start to finish in this passage that gifts of the Spirit are for everyone. Everyone should speak in tongues and prophesy, and they will be here until Jesus. Jesus Christ, the perfect, comes. As a matter of fact, I want to honor this passage of Scripture by at least reading one from this uh, notes that I've given you. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 14.1. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. We are not ashamed of his gospel and the power that it brings. We're not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. In a generation today where people do the most craziest things on TV without shame, why should we be ashamed to speak in other languages? Why should we be ashamed to lay hands on the sick? Shouldn't we believe this? Amen, Pastor Adam, shouldn't we believe this? The teenagers of this day are so perverted, so gross in immorality, and yet we want to keep giving them video game nights and pizza parties. Why not show the teenagers the real power of God? Amen? Jesus is our superhero. All of that stuff is fiction and fantasy. Spider-Man, Batman, Transformers. Jesus has the power and authority over everything that you'll face in life. Amen? Don't put up a picture of Batman on your wall and expect him to save you through your nightmares, your hardships, and what you go through, young people. Get the Bible in your heart. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and make those nightmares go back to hell where they came from. Amen? Don't be afraid of those who use violence to promote their agenda the gangs and these things, the Bible says that you have the power and authority protection to preach that gospel in your schools. That was for the young people. Any young people here? Amen. Any wannabe young people here? Come on. Amen. People used to say, Pastor, that's easy to say from the pulpit. Why don't you come to my school and say? And then I began to come to their school and say, and they go, my pastor's crazy. I'm telling you, I used to show up in the projects all the time. Police would say, what are you doing here? We're even afraid to come back here. We don't go back to some of these neighborhoods, these cul-de-sacs, these cut-off places. Because part of that Mark 16 says we will drink deadly poison. We will handle snakes. Nothing the devil gives to us will get in our way. We will trample and, and defeat him. That's why we go to Ohio Park. That's why we go to Belmont and Clark. Amen. Some of you are more afraid of Belmont and Clark than you are Ohio Park. Well, that's all right. Amen. Jesus will keep you saved. We're going to Mardi Gras. Any SUM students going to Mardi Gras? Amen. All four of you going there, radical. 
going to change the world. I've been to 12 Mardi Gras. Can you believe that? 12 Mardi Gras. Never been drunk, never been in debauchery, never went to a strip show. But I've seen people save, throw down their drinks, backsliders come to Christ, and get filled with the Holy Ghost and miracles happen on Bourbon Street. Amen? God is able. We're excited about what Jesus is doing. Look at what Paul said. This is as clear as clear can be. He said, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Do you eagerly desire spiritual gifts? Eagerly desire them. They will impact your family. My mom, through the spiritual gift, and it says, and the gift of prophecy, because the prophecies come from God's heart, like you hear in our services. And, and my mother, having these gifts, were able to discern things in my life. She was able to help keep me from the attacks of the devil when I was in her house, even though I was still a backslider. But it was her hand that was guiding me through danger and through the times that if I wouldn't have been saved, I think I would have gone to hell. I mean, if my mom wouldn't have been saved, I think I would have died and went to hell. Parents, your, your prayers make a difference. I can't emphasize that enough. There was one time particularly that I was ODing on drugs, crystal meth. I had did too much. My friend only did a half a line. I did all of mine and then some. And he said, will you have mine? And I'm snorting crystal meth. And my body began to convulse, uh, convulse and I began to shake, and I began to go in and out of consciousness. And my friends that were with me, they said, I, I could hear this come from them. They said, let's go to the country, and if he passes out, we'll put him on the side of the road because we can't go to the hospital high. So they drive around in the country, and I'm seeing these country roads, and I'm coming in and out, and it's pitch black. And all of a sudden, I felt the conviction of God come upon me, the presence of the Lord. And I made a promise with God because I felt his presence there. And I said, God, if you save me from this, I won't do this again. Well, long story short, my mom, when I got saved, said to me that God would wake her up at certain hours of the night to pray for me. And she sensed one time that something must have been going wrong because she woke up and she couldn't stop praying until she felt a peace in her heart. To the best of our knowledge of peacing that night together and my night of almost dying, we believed it was the same night. Even if it wasn't that night, how many other times was I going to die? There was a time that a gun was pulled on me in a fight, and my friend knocked the gun out of the hand and, of the person. And he said, to this day, he said, I don't know how I got there as fast as I was. I wasn't paying attention. We didn't know he had a gun. It was God's hand of protection upon my life through my mom's spirit-filled life, being sensitive to what God was doing in dreams and visions and prophecies. So he says, eagerly desire it. You then go through the rest of this chapter. He teaches us what these nine gifts of the Spirit are for. They're for the benefiting of the body of Christ so that those of us here can see these things come to pass. So in closing today, we see the three reasons why MPI. Why MPI? Because Jesus said signs would follow the believers. We're going after the power of God. The book of Acts should be normative today. And to the best of our ability, without faking it, this is our demonstration of the book of Acts. And lastly, why MPI? Because Paul said the New Testament church should be active in these gifts. Would you stand to your feet with me? And if you love Jesus, will you give him a hand clap of praise? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Band, would you come? We want to pray with you today to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Quickly, before we close out, I just want to show you these places and ways that our church operates in these gifts. 
so that you can be confident when you come to what we're doing here. When you come to a Sunday service, before and after in our prayer times, you know that we have 915 prayer? You can come and begin to let God use you in powerful ways to intercede for your friends and for your family and the community for the gifts of the Spirit to flow. That you would come into the service expecting here that miracles would happen. Friends, we can't drum up the power of God, but we can have faith that God's power is here. If there is a sick person among us, can we pray for you? In this service, if there is someone here desiring a word from God, you want to know what God is saying. Can we pray and see if the Lord will give us a prophecy for you? During our worship time, when the worship leader, as they have been instructed, is told to wait to hear what God is saying in the congregation, would you be sensitive to see if you have the word that God is speaking? Isn't that pretty cool? Every week you have an opportunity here from our prayer times before and after to the time of worship and the time of hearing God speak to be used in God's gifts. I can't tell you how many times I've heard the prophetic words either from my office or being in the service and it was identical to what I was preaching on. God moves in these services. Bring your friends and family who need a touch from God. Jessica is not someone we're making up with a miracle. They've had three miscarriages. It's been three, right? Three miscarriages. And this fourth one saw signs of being another miscarriage. We as a church said, God, you can heal because you're the healer. You gave your Holy Spirit with gifts of healing. So when we got the word back that the doctors no longer see it, if I only see that once a year, I'm okay with that. But I do want more. But I'm saying if one child was healed, it's worth going after God for me. But I believe there's more. In our life groups, have you ever been to a life group and God begin to move? We want to see that happen in homes. Wherever you are, in youth life groups, adult life groups, that God would move in those places. Evangelism, when we're on the streets. I can't tell you how many times I've been out on the streets, and as I was preaching, they just had a big wall up. But all of a sudden, God gave me a prophetic word for them, and it changed the whole perspective. When Jesus was in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well, it was just a normal conversation until, she, until he started prophesying, getting words of wisdom and knowledge about her life. It changed the whole perspective. Every time we go out and do evangelism, we should be asking God, God, confirm your word with signs following. Give us prophetic words when we're preaching. Give us the power to cast out devils, to heal the sick, and protect us from all the harm of the enemy. Evangelism, life groups, Sunday church service. We also do special events here, whether it's our retreat, and I want everyone to be there that can. Please do whatever you can to be there. Even if you can't come at the earliest Friday, get off of work, drive there. It's only 45 minutes away. It will be worth you coming there. If you have no money, come there. We will pay for you. Not even, not anything hesitates you from coming. And if you have any friends that are willing to come with you, bring them. Because during those times, we can go hour after hour and have a great time with God.
we can fellowship with us and with the us of heaven. And we see miracles, signs, and wonders, prophetic words. And lastly, everyday life. On your job, having fun with your friends, God can move. Let me just give you one illustration in closing. So I was uh, snowboarding out there in Wisconsin somewhere. I was having fun. And I was by myself. And on the lift, you sit with somebody as you go up. And I sat next to this one guy, and I started talking to him. And, man, I love to preach, you know. So I just started talking about Jesus. But he had a hard heart. He didn't want to hear it. And so as we go down, we come back again. We were kind of hanging out for the day. I felt the Lord speak to my heart what he did for a profession. I felt the Lord tell me he's a policeman. Tell him that you know this because I told you. So I'm all shy. I don't want to go out on a limb. So what I do is I just ask him, I'm like, man, what do you do for a living? And he's like, I'm a janitor. And I was like, oh, man, praise God. almost made a fool out of myself. And so I go, man, I'm a pastor. And then I start telling him my testimony. Well, when we got, we came down, got back up again, he goes, man, I just feel so convicted you being a pastor and tell me about Jesus. He said, I lied to you. He said, really, man, I'm an undercover police officer. I do a lot of work with the SWAT teams, and I don't like people knowing who I am. I tried to continue preaching, but it just went like, you know, in one ear and out the other. That day is one of the biggest regrets of my life because I tried to tell God I knew better and that I was a bit embarrassed. I always wonder what would have happened if I would have said, hey, man, I don't know you, but God told me to let you know that you're a policeman and you face a lot of dangerous situations. I mean, God gave me this whole word. Could have changed the whole entire perspective of the conversation. Let God use you in that way. Parents with your children, co-workers on the job, you don't even have to be spooky and say, thus says the Lord, we should not merge with this company. But you can be in prayer. And you can say, man, I sense something of danger. I just don't feel good about this. Everybody in business talks about their gut. Are you listening to me? You can just say, I just feel we shouldn't do that. And when it comes to pass, like Daniel or like Joseph, you could say, God gave me that. You know, I'm not spooky, but God gave me that. Let's do it everywhere we go. Amen. The last question I have for you today, is this going to be more than just a lesson to you? Or is it going to be applied to your life? Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Berta, would you come and just grab these things quickly for me? Just look up at me before we pray, please. This is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit means. What it means is God's Spirit is going to saturate your spirit that you will be filled overflowing with Him. And as you are, the evidence, the sign that you have been given, this endowment of power that Jesus talked about, is you'll hear a language from heaven. And this language from heaven will not sound like what you have heard or been taught before. It won't be speaking Spanish or German. It will be a language of heaven. And when you begin to speak that out, the faucet of heaven is turned on. And the Bible says you will be filled and continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That is why we do it. Jude also says that when we pray in the Spirit, in that language we haven't learned, we are building ourselves up in our most holy faith. In Corinthians, it also says that when we pray, we are uh, in the Spirit. Our mind does not understand, but we are praying the mysteries of God. That is what he wants you to have. 
So if you are new here and you haven't been saved, come and get saved. If you are new here and you have been saved and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, get filled. All of us can have it today. As a matter of fact, show me this. I, I, I challenge anybody here. Show me anywhere in the Bible where people are getting saved and not getting filled with the Holy Ghost. You won't. That's one of the reasons why a false doctrine came out and said, every time they're getting saved, they're talking in tongues. Well, you must not be saved unless you're talking in tongues. Well, that was bad theology, but do you understand why they might have come up with that? Because literally, every time people are getting saved, they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. It was that normal for them. Nothing to be scared of. We're going to pray. It's going to get exciting in here. Amen. God's power is going to flow. Let's just close our eyes. Let's just warm up our spirits with some worship right now. Come on. Adam, just give us a simple verse. We'll dismiss in just a few moments, but would you just sing with us and pray before you go? Come on, we're just going to warm up, build ourselves up ready to receive this. Come on, we're just going to sing that part. Just open up your heart today as you sing it. Come on, focus on Jesus today. You are worthy of it all. This is for God today, for His glory. For from you are all things, and to you are all things, and you deserve the glory. Amen. Now would you just close your eyes and just raise up your hands for me. We're not going to sing, but just raise up your hands. Just as a sign of surrender, they did this in the Bible. And just say this with me, God, whatever you have for me, I receive. Okay, now meditate on what you learned today and ask the Lord to teach you if that was Him. Before I even pray for you with your hands raised in a posture of receiving, I want you to meditate in your heart on what you just heard. Let God confirm it to you because if you don't believe it's for you, you cannot receive it. Jesus, speak to our hearts. What you're saying, oh God. Teach us what is for us. God, show those here today what the book of Acts should mean in their life. What 1 Corinthians really means, God. Now, altar workers, would you come, please? And would everyone just look up at me because we're going to pray together like this. First, if you have not been saved or you're not right with God, we're going to ask you to come forward in just a moment. We're just going to basically say, hey, if you want to get right with God, come on, because we're going to start with you just to get right with God, just to forgive, ask Him to forgive you of your sin, and man, just feel Him love on you. Maybe you've been saved, but you're backsliding, you're not doing what He's been asking you to do. We're going to start with you. Then, as you're up here getting right with God, they're going to ask you, now do you want to be filled? And around that same time, I'm going to call down the rest of you who may be saved. You're already loving Jesus, but you're not yet filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. We've done our part. He will do His. Amen. Father, as we release into this time of prayer, and by the way, if you have to go after this, we understand, but we will be staying and praying for a few more moments and worshiping. Father, as we release into this time of prayer, I ask you to start with those who aren't right with you. 
their first priority, God, is to get forgiven, to get cleansed of their sin, for you to change them. Lord, I pray they don't leave out here until they do that. I pray they come and repent, lay their life down because you have the best life for them. And Lord, then for them and everyone else who has accepted you and loves you, I pray that you fill them. You fill them. You fill them with your Holy Spirit, with the power of God. That, Lord, you transform them. You saturate them. That they'll never be the same again. They will be like the first disciples, united in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And for all of us who've been filled, some of us for years will receive a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit. That we'll receive a fresh baptism of power. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. As we worship, you're dismissed, but don't leave it till you receive prayer if you're one of those people. So let's start with those who need to get right with God. Would you just come? Come on, as Brother Adam sings, just come from where you are. We're going to start with you today. Yes, God. You are worthy. And for the rest of us, let's just worship. And just worship Him because He's worthy. Nothing can replace Him and what He's worth today. To you are all things. Come on. You deserve the glory. Yeah, yeah. You worthy of it all. You worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. Amen. Now we're going to ask those of you who have not yet experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come forward now so that we can pray that you'll receive that gift right now. Come on, we want to pray for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ask your neighbor, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? If they haven't, say, man, will you come with me? We'll pray with you. Jesus, you are worthy of it all. Yes, you are, God. You are worthy of it all. Come on, let's just sing that. We're going to wait for you to come. Yes, God, you are worthy. Oh, man, I wish I could sing today, but I'm going to do my best because I'm feeling Jesus right now. Woo! You are worthy, God. You are worthy of it all. Come on, lift up your voice. Doesn't matter how you sound today, just sing it out. For you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Come on, one more time, and then we're going to sing the verse. Yes, you are worthy of it all. Yes, Lord. You are worthy of it all. Oh, yes, oh, yes. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. 
Amen. Before we sing the verse, I want all of you who are already filled with the Holy Ghost just to raise up your hands with me. Our altar workers are going to take their time, but those of you who are already filled, and let's just begin to worship God. Just a few moments in our other languages right now. Because the Bible says, I pray with my spirit and I sing with my spirit. I pray with my mind and I sing with my mind. We're now going to worship with our spirit. Some of you might say, but there's no interpreter. There doesn't need to be an interpreter when I'm praying directly to God. If I was talking to you, there would need to be an interpreter. But now I'm talking directly to Him. So come on, don't be embarrassed, don't be shy. Lift up your new language and ask Him as you're doing that in your heart for a fresh outpouring. Come on, man, in the spirit, in the spirit, every instrument, in the spirit. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. We join with the angels of heaven. We join with the church of China, of Brazil, Indonesia. We come in fellowship with heaven. Come on, those of you who are speaking in tongues, you don't think they speak English in heaven only, do you? I mean, come on, there's, there's languages of angels, the Bible says. Come on, they're not just up in heaven going, we love you, Jesus. They're speaking in languages that you've never heard before. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. Every language of heaven and on earth, we praise you. We praise you. Let tongues of fire come like it did on Pentecost. Jesus, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. Amen. Now let's worship in English. Come on, just make up your own words. We love you, Lord. There's no one like you, Jesus. My heart, it cries out to you. For only you satisfy. Only you satisfy. Only you satisfy. Just want to be with you. Just want to be with you, God. Come on, no karaoke. Just from your own heart. Just want to be with Jesus. Want to be by your side. Want to lift you up. Come on, man, lift it up. Come on, lift it up, everyone. So close to you. I want to be close to you. Send your fire like a rushing wind. So close to you. Come on. Yes, yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Bless How many feel Jesus in this place? Come on. Now let's use that gift of the Spirit to do what the Bible says, intercede. Let's just start to intercede for people, for the unborn 
that are always being put to death at these abortion clinics. Come on, let us let the groanings of heaven that, that words cannot express come through us. Come on, let's intercede for the violence of our city that God will stay the hand of Satan. Hold him back. Come on, something down in your gut today, deeper than your own words. A groaning, an intercession. God, save the nations, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, save the unborn, God. Keep them safe in the mother's womb, oh God. Jesus, Jesus, we intercede. We come against the forces of Satan. The Bible says the sword of the Spirit with all kinds of prayers are our weapons against the devil. All kinds, plural, of prayers. Oh, deep cries out to deep. We intercede for our neighbors, our friends. Jesus, Jesus, some of you are receiving it right now up at the front. We're not moving away from you, but we're going to keep praying for others now because others need to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Nations need to be transformed. Jesus, Jesus. Place burdens on our hearts that we war for in the spirit. Spiritual warfare is real, friends. Come on, a few moments as God places a burden on your heart that only the Spirit of God can pray for and carry. Peace in Nigeria. Peace to the violence of the persecuted church in Iran. Peace. Lord, we intercede in the Spirit today. Oh, our hearts are grieved and burdened. Come on, just to the congregation, those that get it prayed for up here, just keep praying. But the congregation, hear my heart. Three things we do in the Spirit. We glorify God. We intercede for the lost, and we receive power to be His witnesses. Now just turn your attention to heaven again and say, Lord, fill me with your gifts. So when I walk out on these streets, sick people are healed, demons are cast out, lives are changed. Come on, right now, we're going to have an anointing service right now for all of you to go out of this place filled with the Holy Ghost, to be used by God. And now you know all three purposes. We've demonstrated it here. We've demonstrated it. We glorify God. We worship Him. Pray in tongues. We intercede in tongues. We lift up the burdens, the lost. And we go out and do power. Power ministry. Amen. Amen. Berto, grab the oil. Ricky, come off the base. And I want you with one of the sisters here. Griselda, lay hands on everybody. Uh, Robin, would you come get some oil? And just, we're going to lay hands on every one of you right now. Just stay where you are as we sing another song. Let's just go to another song, you know, like baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray for everybody here. Even if you don't want it, we're going to pray for you. Okay, we're going we're gonna to do it. You got to run away now because otherwise we're going to pray for you. Amen. You got it, man. I'm just going to be up here. I want everyone to receive it.
Come on, just raise your hands and say one more time, Jesus, I receive whatever you have for me. I receive whatever you have for me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right now, God. Healings. If you're sick in your body, tell the prayer worker that comes to your chair you're sick. We're going to believe God for healing. If you need to hear a word from heaven, let them know. We're going to see if we can get some prophetic words for you today. Amen. Just start laying hands on them. We're going to worship as we pray. Thank you, band. Take us there as we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Baptize us with fire. Jesus over this congregation. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us with fire. Salvador, as you guys are done, just start laying hands on them. Salvador, come here. I got some oil for you, baby. You got some? Amen. Come on. Jared, go ahead. Jesus. Jesus. We believe. We believe. Oh, yes, we believe. Jesus. We believe. We believe. We believe that there is more. More power. More of your grace. More of your glory. Touch her, Jesus. Fill her, God. Fill her with your power. Use her passion for your glory. Let her be a witness on her job, in her family, in her neighborhood. God, let your power be manifested through her life, through her family. Jesus, fresh fire on you now. Fresh fire on you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo! Hallelujah. Yes, God. Come on, he's a part of this crazy generation. They don't want the fake. They want the real. But there is a reality that's stronger than Jersey Shore, American Idol. There is a reality that is stronger than the things they see on TV. The supernatural reality of your power. Let him show it and demonstrate it in his high school. Let him show the power of God. Use him, God, to see lost saved, sick people healed, demons, evil spirits cast out. All over you, brother, in your school, wherever you go. Yes, God, use her, Jesus. Use her, God. Use her to be a prophet to this nation to prophetically speak to the hurting. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. What God has begun in you, he will finish. There are greater days ahead. Fire! Oh yes, stay hungry. I just hear the Lord wanted me to tell you, stay hungry. Stay hungry, stay hungry. Don't let it stop from a weekend. Stay hungry in your bedroom, in your prayer closet. Don't get discouraged when others reject what God has done in your life. Pass on that torch of fire. Ignite others' lives. God has people that are waiting for you to go, to reach. But if you get discouraged by those who don't receive, you'll never reach those who God has called you to reach. Jesus, 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 all over you right now. Fire God. More Jesus, more Jesus. Oh, you 
Can you raise up Adam a little bit, please? Come on, just a little bit. Baptize. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Baptize us with fire. Would you go to the base for me? Thank you. Baptize us with fire. Thank you, God. Jesus. We sense God moving in this place. But I don't want it to just be a hype because we are excited, but I don't just want it to be a hype. I want some of you just to keep pressing in right now. Come on, one of those three things you're going to want to do. You're going to want to glorify God. You're going to want to intercede for the lost. Or you're going to want to get more power. That's what's going on right now. God is filling us up to send us out. God is filling us up to send us out. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yes. Come on, without the hype of the worship band right now, just go after God. We believe. We believe. These are just the beginning stages of an end-time revival. What we see in China is going to get more increasing and greater. It's going to happen even more so. South Korea, North Korea, it's going to take over Indonesia, Thailand. Singapore, Malaysia. We're believing that what God is doing here, He's going to do in high schools, that He's going to do in college campuses. U of I will see a revival. We believe UIC will see a revival. North Park. Come on, we believe there's a greater glory ahead of us. Baptize us. Baptize us. Holy Spirit. Come on, as we're reaching out to God, do it with a purpose today. He said, you will receive this power to be my witness unto the ends of the earth. In the Holy Spirit, baptize us with to the ends of the earth. Come on. May the Lord use you in ways you've never seen before. May you see the sick healed, the dead raised, the lepers cleansed, the blind see, the deaf hear. In the name of Jesus, may you be sent as a fire torch to the nations to set the dry ground on fire. Hallelujah. May you be sent to the clubs, to the bars, to the party scenes of Chicago to proclaim a high like no other. The Holy Ghost high. Let the generation who seeks thrills find the greatest thrill in God. Jesus. 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 More God. Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to keep worshiping. We're going to keep going after God. But would you hold somebody's hand that's by you now? Get their name if you don't know them. Get in a group of two or three right now. If you can, just right there with your wife, friends, family. Come on. Sid, go back there with them, please. Berto, go on with them. Just. Oh, I mean, right over here. Go right over here. Come on. We're just going to get in groups of twos and threes. Will you just sing a, a song that just glorifies God right now? Just something, because we, we do this for a purpose. Is it not for his glory? Amen. As you're holding just hands right now, I want you to face each other. Get in a holy huddle. You know what I mean by that? If you can't where you're sitting, that's, I mean, by the chairs, that's okay. But I want you guys to be able to look at each other. Twos and threes. And I want you right now just to pray that God will use them.
by the power of his Holy Spirit. Lawrence, would you go pray with this group right here? I want you to go join that group right there. Come on. Just start to pray for each other. Get each other's name if you don't know each other's name. Father, we lift up every person in this congregation. We lift them up now. Let your power saturate their lives. Just a few more moments. You are awesome, God. You are in this place. You are in this place. Fill us with your power for your glory. Oh, yes, God. And then would you put up the words, uh, Andrew, because we have it. As you get done praying, I want you to worship with me to this song. But take your time praying. Adam's going to help us sing it. Jesus, excuse me. God, we ask you to use this church to use the body of Christ to change the world. Start with us, our friends, our family, oh God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let love the death's life. A love so bold to see your evolution somehow. Let love explode and bring the death's life. I love so bold to see your revolution somehow.
I'm lost in your freedom This world I'll overcome My God's not dead He's surely alive and he's living on the inside Roaring like a lion My God's not dead He's surely alive and he's living on the inside Roaring like a lion Let hope arise in me, the dead to life. Our faith is dead. I feel really weird doing it like that. It doesn't matter. Somehow, let love experience freedom. Where the sun overcome, my God's come on, sing it out. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, my God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, my God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, my God's dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a bless you, Lord. Amen. Would you turn that down just for a minute, brother? We're going to just pray a dismissal. Father, would you dismiss us in your glory, but never from your presence? Or excuse me, dismiss us from this church, but never from your glory and presence. Be with us this new year to be filled with your Pentecostal power. In Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Stick around. Hang out. We're still hanging out with Jesus, but we'll see you at Life Groups. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Sure.